1: The latest episode of Outside the Trenches with former Chiefs reporter and insider B.J. Kissel, Super Bowl champion and former K-State All-American offensive lineman Nick Lecky, and KCSN producer Tucker Franklin. The latest headlines, stories, and rumors, plus a blind nail segment where nobody knows what's going to happen. The latest Outside the Trenches, presented by Five Farms Irish Cream, a holiday distillery favorite, starts now. Let's go to B.J. Kissel.
2: What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? I just realized Nick, that's the first time you've heard the new bumper. I saw that was so cool. that
3: was so cool. I love that picture, by the way, too. This is probably what I want in my <laughs> obituary. That picture. Thank you, Tucker.
2: For anybody watching uh or listening to the podcast, we've got a new bumper and we've got a little video uh part of it, but we're stepping up our game. We've got new personalized bumpers for all the shows here at KC Sports Network. We appreciate you for spending part of your Wednesday with us, whether you're I guess watching live uh, here on YouTube or whether you're listening to podcast audio, we appreciate you for spending part of your day with us. I am BJ Kissel. That's Nick Lecky and Tucker Franklin. And fellas, before we talk, um, assuming little Chiefs, Bengals, and then uh, hopefully moving forward a little bit, uh, Nick, start with you. How was the week? How are things going?
3: Man, so cool. Uh, our cats prevailed, much mm. to, to Tucker and Jordan's chagrin. And hmm. they, they they did what what hasn't been done in a long time. You know they won an outright Big Twelve championship, and they and they deserved it. They earned that victory. You know they almost let it go, and then they they came back and battled. And I thought it was so cool to watch them do it, and to do it with the backup quarterback was was amazing. So just a good testament to what Clyman's doing down there and the the place they're building, and that's just going to recruit talent. And when you beat TCU down in Dallas and in, in Arlington, yeah. man, mm-hmm. that's how you get guys like me who who are from DFW. Be like, oh, who are these guys? You know, who are these guys? Maybe they want to go up to Manhattan and kick it. It's a great place.
2: I'm going to jump and interrupt Tucker here because I don't care about his thoughts on TCU. (laughs) And I had to deal with this shit. Sorry for the language. I had to deal with this crap in the DMs of the KCSN, and I've held back, but everyone was rooting for TCU, and I was getting hot. And, Tucker, I'm normally pretty even keel. I was getting somewhat... Annoyed. It's still less than 50% seriously annoyed, but it was bothering me, Nick. I could have invited, I should have invited you into the DMS cause I was not having, it was Matt Kent, Tucker, everybody whose teams got dominated by K state this year. And they're still petty and upset. <laughs> and they were just calling it out. And then I took the high road after the game. Didn't say anything. Just let it go. And then Tucker changed his profile picture to wearing a fucking TCU shirt. Wow.
3: I was shaking a
2: Bucky's hand, but
3: you're a good luck charm. Tucker, we, we feed off your hatred and anger.
4: Listen, I tweeted way. out after the game. K-State is 2-0 when I'm in attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just waiting on my Sugar Bowl ticket. Um, I'll give you the email address that anyone out there can send it to me. Um, if you want that win against Alabama, but great.
3: great yeah. football
2: are you going to wear Alabama stuff? Are you going to root ah, for Alabama in that game? Too. Because yeah. you were rooting for Mizzou. You're rooting for TCU. You're going you, to
3: do you would have to. But you'd have yeah. to genuinely the, have to. Mm-hmm.
2: How's the Mizzou? How's you got to talk about you got to wear an Alabama shirt on the Mizzou that's who show. Yes. Have you guys yeah. turned
4: down any more bowl game
2: invites? Work? Yeah.
4: Uh, just a couple, just okay. Texas and Liberty. We got okay. Gasparilla though, so we're uh, riding high with uh, you know, one that's of the quick, New Year's 6. That's obviously. a good come up. That's a good come up. You getting the Gasparilla, that's, you know. I found out what a Gasparilla was this week. Um,
3: um okay, what is it? It's like a pirate Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's Tampa, right?
4: Yeah, it's in Tampa. It's an interesting um,
3: area, Ybor City. Yes, the, Tampa's got two bowl games, Um as they should, as they should. I mean, who, where would you rather go, Memphis in late December or Tampa? Right, right. I mean, sunny South no Florida. Yeah, that's how I mean, it should be.
2: If KU, Mizzou would have played in the Liberty Bowl. We would have gone and covered it yeah. at KCSN. But well, Mizzou was scared, it. so it's okay.
4: They were. It was good.
2: So okay. The best is when that stuff comes out, and then it's like all the clamoring for narratives. It's like, no, and Eli Drinkwitz, like, we'll play anybody anywhere. And then it's, everyone's just coming <laughs> except <won't>. for KU. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, who knows at this point? It's just fun to, to bop everybody because nobody really knows what's the truth and what went down. And I'm sure there's something right down the middle,
5: right? That is no.
2: to, uh, where it's the outlandish. truth is and all that. But, <laughs> Tucker, how did, much did you, before we get to the, the chief stuff, how did, did you enjoy the Big 12 championship and being there?
4: It was a really great atmosphere. And I was telling you guys, uh, the, the tickets I got were very close to God. We could have probably had a conversation if, <laughs> if we wanted to, but way up there in at t Stadium. Uh, but getting to watch the game from that angle is like watching the All-22 as it happens. Mm-hmm. So I thought well, that was kind of cool. And it. Uh, it was just really fun. It's really hard not to look at the scoreboard, right? Um, especially when you're that high up and the scoreboard's right in front of your face. So I had to like force myself. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch the game. I'm not going to like sit in the stadium and watch TV, basically. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to watch what's happening on the field. It was a great game. Um, I wasn't upset of that Kansas State one. I want to get that out there. Um, mm-hmm. I was cheering for TCU just because they're a fun team. I think that just kind of their whole season uh, has been kind of. Kind of fun the the sunny Dykes going from SMU in Dallas to TCU in Fort Worth not having to move houses but changing jobs and then playing SMU like week three of that year like one of like probably SMU's biggest rival is TCU that's the, the game that hold in the mm. highest regard but like that yeah. whole storyline is crazy um you know Max Duggan played very well and I think I think Kansas State yeah. we could probably talk about college football. For a long time, but I think Kansas State and TCU are very similar teams. Just kind of the way, if you look at like the story arcs, they had a quarterback coming into the season that was a transfer, then they get hurt, and then they have their backup come in and play better than their than their quarterback did at the beginning. So, I um, think those two are very similar teams. It was a really good football game.
2: If Max Duggan could complete a pass down the seam, then I don't think K State would have won that game. But you got to yeah, give it, credit to K State and the pressure. But uh you can't not watch that game, even as a K State fan. At the end of it, just be like. Like, that dude's a tough. Nick probably had some respect for their quarterback. Is as... <laughs> I know. I always, you know.
3: I always did, man. That hey, dude. For, for, yeah, for whatever reason, uh TCU spits out these these ginger tough quarterbacks. You,
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> you got Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Yeah, <laughs> You're yeah. uh, kicking
4: it, man. Golly.
2: You, you guys were talking about all the prospects, and and Maddie is doing all his NFL draft stuff, and I just wasn't paying any attention at that level. <laughs> I knew Quentin. Quentin Jeff is it Jefferson? Number one. Johnson johnson the receiver like just a manimal uh they showed him up close like talking to people before the game it was just like oh my god (laughs) like gotta guard that guy but do you know who we couldn't block i don't know if it's a prospect at all but 98 is a problem on their defensive line i kept nick i don't know if you were thinking this watching the game but they had like five dudes in the box like we had numbers to run the ball all day long with their box but like we could not block 90 like he was a man amongst boys uh, on that defensive line for TCU because we had numbers all the time to run the football.
3: Yeah, he was working. He, the... he was a problem. He was a he, you get him isolated yeah. versus anyone. He was a problem for anybody. It was it was difficult. Made it a difficult day too.
2: Yeah, but the good guys won. And that's all that matters. That's all that
3: matters. Let's defense let's showed up. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes, they did. And that was beautiful. The best thing for me is Carter wanted to come down. It was originally just gonna be Megan and I going to go down and watch this game. But my son wanted to go and absolutely like calling plays out like talk did you see that did you see this like oh they did the jet sweep is that an rpo like he's seven and like watching all it's beautiful it was so beautiful sit there and watch the game with them but talk little chiefs bangles right now if Uh, First time watching this show, we uh, set this up through blind nail segments where each one of us brings a different segment to the show and the other two do not know what it is, but we're always kind of clued in on what Tucker's is because of the title of the show. We kind of have that kind of match. So Tucker, let's have you go first. Uh, Obviously talking a little Chiefs Bengals.
4: Yeah, so I wanted to kind of start to shift the focus forward, but I, I do think that before we really start to to turn that page, I want to start to look at some positive things from that game because BJ, you you've been talking to, with uh, you know with Matt and Nate kind of about what went wrong, kind of prognosticating that game, and you guys have talked about some of the positive things, but uh, I think a point that you made on one of the KCSN updates that uh, it's hard to talk about the positives so soon after a loss that's so um, deflating. That's so devastating in that sort. So I think I think we're far enough away that we can start to talk about some positive takeaways. So I want to get your guys' positive takeaways that you uh, saw from that game against the Bengals because there were some good things in that, in that matchup. Uh, I'm curious what you guys saw.
3: Some positive things. All right, so I'll start. So I'll tell you what, and I was watching the game, you know, win or loss, uh, and I was watching McKinnon. So, obviously, you know, you guys know I love Pacheco. He's mini Steven Jackson. Uh, the way he gets up after, like, any sort of run and just bounces up, and just, I love mm-hmm. the energy. Like, that is, that is great energy for the field. That's what you want to see as an O-lineman, and that, that gets you hyped. But McKinnon, with some downhill inside running, like, fantastic, like, breaking through arm tackles and speed, uh, catching, catching balls. We know he's a fantastic pass blocker. He ain't afraid to take on a blitzing linebacker. But the the best, the best takeaway, the best thing I saw from him, and it was the best way that it utilized where all my theories come together is, is him with the Le'Veon Bell style draw plays. That was flipping awesome. That cause that can segue, like not play action for, for, for a Chiefs, but draw game, right? Cause they pass the ball a shitload of times, know everyone knows that. But well, you can incorporate the draw, like we talked about, use this offense and the fact that they were getting in single back. And getting the tight ends out of there, getting those six-man boxes, I was like, yes, bring me that package. So that package with Pacheco, that package with um, uh, McKinnon, I was like, yes, the Chiefs are getting ready for the playoffs. Ready.
2: I'm going to go with Trent McDuffie. I think we talked about him over the last couple of days. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try to bring up the stats right now uh, from the game as far as like his coverage grade because uh, I think the talk going into the game Was you know Jamar Chase T Higgins? They got two number one receivers and they throw the 50 50 balls, they're going to get big plays down the field. You know, Jamar Chase, he's one of the two best young receivers in football. You can, there's about five or six guys you say who are the three best receivers. That conversation is going to always include probably the same six players, uh, that are in that. Jamar Chase is absolutely one of those six players, and we saw it and we saw what happens when he's healthy uh, or healthy ish. Out on the field, but uh, yeah, according to Pro Football Focus, Trent McDuffie was targeted three times, gave up two receptions for a total of 17 yards. Um, which, considering what the total numbers were for Joe Burrow and those guys, they weren't finding success throwing the ball at Trent McDuffie. And the challenges that he's already faced uh, this year, and I know he's banged up for a little bit, it's not going to get any more difficult uh, to win a Super Bowl for him individually and the matchups he has and granted the schemes are different and all of those things but just from a pure talent standpoint he's not going to face anybody better than the people that he's already faced so far this year uh, when he's been out right. on the field it's not going to get any more difficult than that to go in a Super Bowl so for him to hold his own in that kind of way and for us to be sitting here talking about you know what went wrong with the Chiefs defense it's kind of talking out of both sides of our mouth because excited that we're not talking about the rookies and getting burnt and are these guys good enough, but it's also not great that we're talking about veterans and all of these things too. Sorry, I'm distracted by the breaking news that's coming through uh, right now, which we'll get to here in a second. Uh, But the, it's a good thing that we're not talking about the young DBs and wondering if they can handle this stage. It's a bad thing because I know this is a positive takeaways section, but it's bad that when we're talking about the defense, we're talking about things like tackling, And we're talking about veteran players, uh, especially on the back end of the Chiefs defense, uh, not playing well enough to beat a really good football team. So great for Trent McDuffie. I think uh, stock way up uh, on him. I think Brett Veach and company absolutely nailed that pick at a high – value position which is going to set the chiefs up for several years Uh, not just with mcduffie all those guys josh williams jalen watson they have taken care in a very big way of a very expensive position group going into tv deal going up cap room all of that so they can use that money to figure out the left tackle situation, trade for someone or something. Can I, hey, <laughs> I'm trying not <laughs> to go. I'm trying down. to stay as
3: positive. We can break that down. We can break that down. But, hey, listen, right. And, and on, a, on a note, on a note with McDuffie as well, too, when I was watching the film, and it's a small, small little thing, but I, I look for it a lot, especially with, like, DBs. On that Juan Thornhill interception, um, McDuffie mm. was leading the way, was yep. leading the way. And he put a nice block on their right tackle, Collins. Like, it was mm-hmm. really cool. Like, that's that to me shows camaraderie, brotherhood. I'm fighting for you. And guess what? I don't want to take on this dude, who's literally four times my size, but I did. And I did it for you. So, that was to me like a really cool thing for McDuffer. I'm like, damn, this dude's fearless. Like, that was
2: awesome. <laughs> they always get hit on screens when those guys get out in space. Exactly. They're like, it's <laughs> his time. Like, it's, it's my time. time to hit Pay you. Back.
4: <laughs> Um, before I get to mind, I think we do need to mention that Von Miller is out for the rest of the season. Um, that that's out. a huge, that's a huge deal. That was the breaking news BJ that you were talking about. Uh, yeah. Shout out Christian Gummiger for throwing that in the chat. Von Miller done for the season tore his ACL. They had surgery, exploratory surgery, and they had to repair that ACL um, could be pretty big for the chiefs uh, coming down the stretch, especially with the bill's schedule being as hard as it is. But um, I, I actually had everything that you guys uh, were talking about written down on my list. Um, I think Joshua Williams played really well as, as well. You can look at him. He was the third leading tackler on the team. Dude's a really great tackler in space. The chiefs love those athletic corners that can, that can come downhill and tackle. And it's always great to see um, the rookies perform like that is with, with McDuffie as Pacheco played really well. I do like that, Nick, the, the play that I think of when you're talking about those delayed type uh, runs, those developing type runs, uh, I think he ran it to his left a little bit like hesitated then all of a sudden bursted forward for like 10 yards um great play uh there but I think you got a shout out the special teams no turnovers on uh on that side of the thing it's not a shout um, out it's not a shout out <laughs> doing their job that's a positive at this point Nick Nick at this point it's a positive um, Nick. Go ahead.
2: sorry I, I want to ask a question um, because I'm looking at the, the PFF numbers I'm changing. I know it's positive, but I think this could be a positive development. If chiefs fans are listening and we have an open, very frank discussion for the next three minutes, we won't make this whole episode about Nick Bolton, <laughs> because he may be the most divisive player mm-hmm. in chiefs, Twitter on Why social media. That? Why
0: the hell is that? No, I it's very, it's, it is it
2: right. is very simple because there are those who pay attention, and I don't mean this in a bad way because I do it too. There are people who watch the ball and hear his name called all the time because he's making tackles. A lot of those tackles are five, six, seven yards down the field as a middle linebacker, and he finished. The, he finished the, is a perfect example last game. He had like 17 tackles in the game against the Bengals. You look at his PFF grade, it's the worst on the defense. That Those two things do not make sense. The Chiefs fans are like praising him, and the Chiefs notes come out after the game, and it's like, plus 10, like is positive. Like he had all these tackles, like he's awesome. He's getting all the tackles need everybody else. But then the people who are studying and analyzing the game are seeing him not move. He's not moving downhill and going and making plays. Yes. Very sure tackler when he gets his hands on people, but he's not necessarily seeing it and reacting in the way that a football coach would necessarily want that position to react. And so it can be both. But the truth is always somewhere in the middle with these things where it's like he's not terrible, but he's not as awesome as the 17 tackles would lead you to believe like he's making all these plays behind the line of scrimmage. Um, Because none of those, I believe, were behind the line of scrimmage in this game. Still a very good player playing at a high level. That's a weird game because the box score will tell you stud, but the grades of the people who analyze it will tell you he was not doing well at all. You played this game, Nick. When you watch that, how do you kind of gauge whether or not a middle linebacker plays well? And what let's have this open discussion because KCSN, Tucker, you've had thought. I mean, you're a Mizzou guy, you've thoughts on this, and we all look at it from a different lens. But, Nick, what's your thoughts on?
3: You know, it's one of those things where anytime you got a a tackle on a linebacker and the, the size mismatch. It's going to be difficult for Bolton. You know, I was watching those films, and um, he he did some things where he's not a. I don't want to say this. He's he's not the most aggressive linebacker, right? He's not a Willie Gay where he's not going to come downhill and and take you on. And I think that's his problem is that he he's a hold up like a hold up linebacker. Like there's one play where he was getting pushed uh, by by Kappa uh, down the field, right? And if you look at it, if you would have taken him on, then I think that play goes for bigger than what it was, where where he did kind of a hold-up play where he's kind of played soft, you could say, and sort of like let the cavalry come in. So it turned like a 10-yard play and just 10 yards instead of that being like a 60-yard touchdown. So mm-hmm. you can make a case for that one. But there was another one too where he's in the hole and he needs to fill the hole better, but he's like also the running back had a two-way go behind a block. And, you know, this, this offensive line for Cincinnati – dominated like they truly dominated like where you could tell they were doing man schemes and they were looking for Chris Jones. So the interior three were blocking and then whoever had Chris Jones was getting double team help. And you know, Karis, Kappa, Collins, you know, all those guys, they they played phenomenal, just solid where where Mahomes was getting hit damn near every play. But Mahomes is also sitting 10 yards back again. So we, we have that that issue coming back to where it's ugly head where people think Oh, what's what's wrong with Orlando Brown? Why is he getting beat? Well, look at the film. And Mahomes is ten yards back. You tell me if a tackle is supposed to win when they're ten yards back. And once Mahomes started stepping up, that's when he got better.
4: But yeah, it was so an interesting. Just, uh, sorry to cut you off, Nick. But there was an interesting play I noticed. Talking about the offensive line, uh, the Bengals faked a blitz. Um, Nick Allegretti went to help with the one tech, and then on the fake blitz when, um, because Orlando Brown thought that. Allegretti was gonna get the the blitz coming probably in that I probably uh, C gap there. Um, he overset and when he overset and then the blitzer backed off the, the defensive end came in around on the inside. Allegretti didn't have the chance to to get touch him. That was one of the plays that I remember, I believe it was the sack on on that Third late, downer. late in the game. Late in the game, right? Yes. Yeah. I know exactly, those, you're yeah, I know exactly was, what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. It was about. one of those situations that I think the Bengals just schemed it up really well, and those are tough. Like the defense is going to get you sometimes. But what, going back to the the tackle situation, I think it's such an interesting conversation to me because tackles to me are much like RBIs in baseball. It's an opportunity stat. So you can be you can be a very good uh, football player, but not have very many tackles. Chris Jones is never going to lead the team in tackles, but he's the best player on the defense, right? Uh, you know, we have a conversation a lot with uh, Rokon Smith. Rokon Smith is a very good football player. And has a lot of tackles as well. So like it's it's an interesting because you can yeah. see uh, if you look at the tackle leaders, you see Roquan Smith, Bobby Wagner. These, these just last year, Jordan Brooks at the top, Denzel Perryman. Those are all really good football players. And so it's 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 very confusing when you talk about like people who have a lot of RBIs in baseball too. They're probably really good baseball players, right? People who have mm. a lot of tackles probably good football players. But it's an opportunity stat. How many opportunities are you going to have to get tackles? I think probably more accurate as missed tackle percentage. There's no perfect way, right, to quantify this game. Um, so it's it's hard to take one stat and live and die by it. But I think that's the kind of the interesting conversation around uh, tackles. Being a middle linebacker, you do get a lot of those tackles. Uh, plays are coming to you. I, You're the guy that, that, that's supposed to finish it off. Yeah.
1: You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Entertain, educate, inform KC Sports Network.
2: I kind of liken it to like completion percentage for a quarterback in a way. I've never thought about this as a as a stat, but it's one of those stats that you could praise somebody for, but at the same time it's like well, if every pass he's throwing to the running back out of the backfield, of course he's going to have a high complete. And, and Mahomes talked about this on the podcast. I think it was with Kelsey or he's talked about this recently that he doesn't want his completion percentage to be too high because it means he's not taking chances. He's not giving his guys in some, that margin of error. He's talking about those inches to complete a pass. He's not being aggressive enough uh, to give his guys chances to catch like the MVS ball. There's a couple defenders on him. He feels like he's got a step, throw it up, give him a chance, and then come back to him after he missed it. Uh, but you know, if somebody's got an 85% completion percentage, by means they're throwing a lot of check downs, a lot of simple passes, not really delivering the ball and have running an efficient offense, similar to tackles. You can get a lot of tackles, but if they're all eight to 10 yards down the field, are you really helping relative to what your position is asking for within the defense? And what that scheme is that responsibility to next points like that responsibility that you have, are you attacking it or sitting back? And I know there's, It's not that simple, and it depends on the scheme and the play and all of that. But in general, Nick Bolton has become one of the more divisive players just because there's a lot of people that are analyzing the game, saying he needs to get downhill, and people bopping back, being like, this guy's getting all our tackles. His name's being called all the time. What are you talking about? And it's like, can we respectfully have this discussion of, I know he can tackle. I don't want him tackling eight yards down the field.
4: Exactly. There's a gray area for sure, and I think you look at the Chiefs' leading tacklers for the last couple of years. It's been Dan Sorensen, and if you have a safety as your leading tackler, that probably means a lot of plays are getting <laughs> down the field. Yes. But we're never out here saying that Dan Sorensen's the best player on the defense, right? Um, so it's one of those. It's just an interesting conversation for sure. It's one that's it's very fascinating. I would have to absolutely
3: agree. I would but you know, like if you look at like the stats, offensive stats. I look at. I like red zone efficiency and third down conversions. Mm-hmm. Do- those are the only really stats that I really give a shit about, to be honest with you. Like when any was, other stats, kind of like even sacks are kind of like are indicative, you know, it's like, you know, that's someone else. I like pressures, QB pressures and yeah. tackles for loss.
2: I used to, when I was at the Chiefs, I came up with this like four core stats um, chart. And it was if the Chiefs were better than their opponent in these four statistical areas, what was the percentage of winning the game? And if they were better in three of the four, what was their percentage of winning the game, and then two of them, and which two, and the combination was fascinating. I'm sure a lot people are a lot smarter can set this stuff up. We'll ask Joseph Hefner; he can set this up for right. us, uh, our <laughs> analytics guy, because it'd be a lot easier. But it was Nick. It was uh, red zone conversion uh, percentage being better. It was third downs, and then it was turnovers and penalty yards. And if like you had like there was the one thing that could skew it, if you had like 120 yards and penalties, it could offset some of the other stuff. But if you were better in three of those four categories than your opponent, then you won like 94 percent of the time. And it didn't matter which three, just if you were better at three of those four areas because of how important they are uh, and you were most likely guaranteed to win the game. (laughs) most likely kind of have a good chance if he may be definitely maybe definitely definitely maybe yeah Yeah. solid rom-com there exactly Um, look it up i love that Uh, it's a good one all right let's move on nick and talk or do we have any more positives that we want to take away from the game against the Bengals?
4: I was going to say MVS. I think MVS did, yeah. you know, he had that drop in the in the end zone early, but then I think he was the Chiefs leading receiver. Um he was targeted a lot and he's he has the the MVS experiences dropping the easy one in the end zone, but then making just the most absolutely insane catches with like three guys on him. So it's just like you get what you get with MVS, but I think that uh, it's as a positive to go back to him, um and get him back in the in the flow yeah. of the game and become the leading receiver.
2: And now that everybody's yeah. They're so good about that. They've done that. They did it with Pacheco. Um, they do it with guys all the time. They would do it with Kelsey. Uh, even a player of his magnitude, as soon as he fumbles, next play, first play of the next drive, I think, was right back to Kelsey, get the ball back in his hands. Um, and this is the last thing I'll say, because now that everybody's had a t- chance to, to cool down a little bit, is that I know everybody's really frustrated about the loss, but for me, there's no boogeyman out there. Like there's nobody out there that's significantly better. The chiefs lost three points on the road and didn't play their best football and made some mistakes. We talk about the margin of error, three or four plays sways that game completely. If we make those three or four plays, there's a lot of more positives that we're talking about that in a different kind of way, because the end result was different. But we've seen what it's going to take for the Chiefs to win a Super Bowl. And it's not going to be any more difficult than running through the AFC. We've seen the Bills. Now they don't have Von Miller. We've seen the Bengals. Hopefully they can get that game at Arrowhead. But that's what it's going to take to win a Super Bowl is those three or four plays, the Travis Kelsey fumble, whatever the decision to kick the field goal, all of those things. That's the margin of error. And we're now in a position, think about a decade ago where we were just clamoring to be relevant. And now we're sitting here saying, we just need to make these two plays and fire everybody. Cause they didn't make those two plays. No, they're right there to go win another super bowl. We know what it's going to be. And they're not that far off. They're not set up to just go and dominate everybody every week, but uh, they have everything that they need. They just have to make the three or four key plays and uh, hopefully they come out on the better end of it this time. But uh, let's move on to the next one. I think we're moving forward a little bit. I, guess uh nick let's go to your blind nil segment
3: all right so i i i viewed denver as this team that's gonna win the afc west this year i I said that i'm pretty Mm. sure i said that i thought the addition of russell wilson i thought you have a great you know they did lose some. have some injuries key early on um have you ever seen uh, a product that was advertised that did not that not even come close to what it's doing, such as this shit show that is Denver this year right now. Ooh. Have you ever, oh, buddy, you ever seen That's a good one? A, a, a more worse just collapse of like seems like they hate each other over there in Denver, and it's like it's a top five defense. That's a legit defense. Yeah, they're good. That's a legit yeah. ass defense. Oh <laughs> terrible.
2: A football product or like, I don't care. I don't, any consumer other product.
3: product. I've bought, I've bought tack lights. Right. And I'm like, this is not as advertised. Like I was expecting <laughs> to, to be able to see space from here at night. With
2: this. I don't want to annoy too many people. I'll tell the story as fast as I can. But for Christmas, like three years ago, my wife bought this like house thing for the kids, like playing one of those, like, you know, little homes and has a little kitchen inside of it. And this damn thing, like it was sitting in a box outside. And I thought it was like plastic. Like one of those, you just like kind of shove them together. And so my being an idiot like myself, uh, I didn't think about building it until the night before Christmas. And then I go out there in the garage, start unpacking it. And then the the thing on the front, as soon as I opened it, said two to four people, three to five hours. (laughs) I was like, okay. So I went back in, got a bottle of whiskey and a little glass and went back out there. I was like, it's going to be a night. It's going to be a long night. I put it together. I did not rush. So it was not a rush kind of deal. I put it together exactly the way that it said Christmas. We get to the spring first mini storm thing falls apart completely. Like just gets completely blown over. It was not man. It was not my fault. I put it together exactly the way that it intended. But that thing was a piece of crap. I don't remember the brand. I'm not going to put in my own blast. Uh, I should. But if I go back and find it, but that thing fell apart like two months later. Upset,
3: Nick. Mm. That sucks. So that's similar to this 2022 version of, of Denver.
2: Yeah. Looked great. Looked great. Didn't really, didn't really examine as much as we should have, you know, before you give somebody $240 million, probably should have looked a little closer. <laughs> uh, <Do you laughs> do as soon as you go out there, there's a little bit of a storm. Done. Let's hide.
4: I uh let's I I let's like, hide I think... Broncos
2: Country. Let's hide. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a dude with a bag over his head and it said Broncos Country, let's hide. It's great.
4: Yikes. Um it feels like this is something the Chargers do every year, right? That we've
2: kind of gotten immune
4: to it. Um true. Every poor year guys, the Chargers are, guys, the, just... are the next best thing, whether it's the Philip Rivers LT Chargers or it's these this version of Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. I just feel like they're charging. Is that fair to say? Oh, <laughs> man. He, I'm
2: not a huge NBA oh. guy. But maybe, maybe the Lakers a couple of years ago, too. Like when LeBron and Anthony Davis and all these guys got to Russell Westbrook, all got together, and it was like, this is didn't not they, good at all.
4: Didn't they win it though? last year? Well, no, it would have been probably last year's rendition of the Lakers. Jordan's probably better to ask about this. Um, When they did add Russell Westbrook, and then everyone's like, wow, these guys are going to be good. And then Russell Westbrook stinks. He's bad. (laughs) Uh, He's not a good basketball player anymore. Um, But yeah. Uh, Man, this is.
2: (laughs) I saw it too.
4: Tucker mentioning (laughs) a slam dunk DraftKings, probably that fell apart, feels inevitable. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. It's fair. Um, I do Tucker's locks and I bet the opposite. (laughs) Probably sit around 500. Um, I don't know what the Tuck's locks are. I haven't done, I haven't crunched the numbers in a minute, but uh, yeah. Uh, Is this live? Yes, it is live. Um,
2: Yes, General General 51. 51.
4: It is live. Um, yeah, but I think that that was the first thing, Nick, that came to my head is, is like, Well, it feels like the Chargers do this every year, they do. Um, they really so. do, but it's like injuries, right? And it's like, just yeah. they they fold,
3: but see, that's why I love, it. and that's why I always stress to you guys, right? Everyone's always like, September, October, let's crown someone's ass champs, and it's like, pump the brakes, wait for November, December, right? Yeah. Once the data, once you have you know, comparable footage, once they see your tendencies, once they see what you're all about, if you're not making adjustments, then. Good teams win November, December. No, that's plain and simple, man. That's just how it goes. And that's why I love football now. Right now, it's like, okay, we're going to see who's good and who's, who's trash and who's just a dumpster fire. That's just, you need to put out the, the fire and move on for the next year.
4: Listen, yeah, the lines I, of one five straight. And that's a November, December the football team.
2: I think some more good analogies here. You can go around because I like this one. Uh, you can do it with like restaurants with food. Like you see the advertising, we are like, "Oh, that looks awesome!" And then you get there, and you're like, "The hell is this? Like, this is not what you advertise. This is not what this looks like. The um, fast
3: food glow up versus what you actually get. I have never mm. seen any fast food that looks like that. Where it's like perfectly. It's like the box done. You're out. Except for Chipotle. Chipotle always looks good as advertised. Like Chipotle is the one yeah. where like the pictures and and I always feel I, I have a strong feeling. I feel like more people are doing it now, but I need, if I'm in like a restaurant, I would love to see pictures on the menu, be like an actual thing. Mm. I mean, they have Instagram for that, but it's like, I I like the pictures. I like to see what I'm eating. Especially
2: now, especially now with like the QR codes.
3: Yes. Because Mm -hmm. now it's like,
2: if you're not going to print a menu and you don't want to be too big and like a cheesecake factory menu and like, (laughs) like get the person next to you to scoot over a little bit so you can read the whole thing. Um, Lay it out. Yeah, play. like now it's gonna be online. You're gonna yeah, use a QR go. code, at least get some pictures.
3: Yeah, you could easily do that. Is there uh, who else is dumpster firing right now? Zach or what's his face for the Jets, right? Zach mm. Wilson.
4: He's dumpster firing. The Jets are dumpster firing. <laughs> yeah, the Jets have a good defense. Mike White. Oops, I didn't mean to hit my mic. Uh Mike White can win games. He didn't beat obviously the Vikings, but like that <laughs> game was close. That game was closer than they than it probably should have been um for the Vikings. But
2: Urban Meyer. The Jags. Oh boy. I knew that
3: was, that was like less miles. Miles. I knew it was going to be a disaster. You know, another one, honestly,
2: because I were, I vividly remember uh, watching my wife coach a volleyball game and watching the game on my phone with Chip Kelly when he got to the NFL, there was that first game that they played. I don't know if it was the opening night, but they scored like two touchdowns at the beginning. and was like, he's going to revolutionize the NFL. Like it's going to change everything. And it gave defensive is like a week to be like, yeah, we're just going to do this. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, and it just did not work at all. But there was a time there that people were like, this is going to change everything. Nope.
3: I could tell you, I could tell you to a T, any sort of college coach who, who comes to the NFL, uh, if they're going to be good or not like Matt Rule like he's a college coach like he needs to stay in college cuz I don't think his mentality is built for for NFL like I don't think uh I'll tell you one guy who I love is the Dolphins Dolphins head coach yeah dude yeah. that is I, and I love cuz he's new right he's a new he hasn't been a head coach anywhere right mm-hmm. and it's right. like I love his approach like he's like this young guy I, his every time I'm on Twitter I will catch his any sort of mic'd up with yeah. him talking nonsense because as a, as a player, it's refreshing. You got this guy who's younger who can relate to you. You know, you're in your early 20s. And he can relate, you know, it's like, he knows what's good. He's probably got a Snapchat account. He's probably got a burner account too. Right. So yeah. yeah. yeah but he's
2: funny. You know, it's good when you can remember like two or three clips are right off the top of your head. Like I know the mic'd up segments that you're talking about where for one of them, he was talking to two <laughs> and he was like, yeah, man, I'm glad we can agree that Georgia is the best team in the SEC, yeah. like calling on head a play on a head <laughs> like to... in the middle of a game. And then <laughs> he walked funny. up to a player and was like, Hey, you know that thing you just did where you went one way and the guy went another and he was like, Keep doing that. That was really good. <laughs>
3: yeah, so <laughs> <I was like, laughs> oh, cool. I keep on trying to be a know-it-all, then try whatever. It just brings good energy, and I think that's what you have to do as a head coach, especially what, right now when it's you're grinding right now. It's tough, December.
4: What I thought was really cool about him. This wasn't like a mic'd up thing. I can't remember who tweeted this out, but it was a video of like a lip reading where no. Mike McDaniel told a guy he said I effed up, and I don't know, yeah. like, Nick. How many times did have a coach has a coach told you that, that like they messed up in the game? And I just feel like <laughs> that's something <laughs> you don't see. A
3: couple times, right? But but few and far between, right? They usually don't, whatever. Be like, yeah, it was not, that was on me. Like, they'll tell you in, like, Wednesday meetings or Monday meetings, yeah, like, I, I, I effed up. I messed that one up. But, like, when it's live like that, it's just cool. That's open dialogue. I mean, it's cool. I think mean, you have to shed this sort of machismo, tough guy image of the NFL. And it's like, man, it's yeah. like, you know, treat me decently, right? Don't – I'm not just a machine,
1: you know? It's yeah. like, yeah, it's a piece of me. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City.
0: Call ClayGranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Entertain, educate, inform KC Sports Network.
2: All right, let's move on to the final segment of this outside the trenches. Appreciate again everybody hanging out. The show is sponsored by our good friends at Five Farms Irish Cream. It's a holiday distillery product. They're based up in western Missouri. And the Five Farms come from Ireland and they get everything from over there. It's good stuff. Uh, and joined by Nick Leckie and Tucker Franklin. All right, guys, final segment Chiefs have five games left on the schedule, three of those on the road, two of them at home. They are going obviously this Sunday to play against the Denver Broncos on the road, and then they are at the Houston Texans at home against the Seahawks, at home against the Broncos, and on the road for the final game of the season, January 8th, at Las Vegas to play the Raiders. How many of those games do the Chiefs win? five left to go and this is a gonna devolve. it's gonna turn into do the chiefs still end up with the one seed in the AFC? I would contend that they do. I do not think they're gonna lose any of the five games uh, through the rest of the season. I think the hard part of their schedule is over and I think they will be locked in and play well even if they play slightly above average they'll win all of these games. They would literally have to play average or poor. And these other teams that have to play one of their best games of the year outside of Seattle, just kind of hit or miss. That would be the most difficult one in my opinion, but I think the chiefs win five and I don't think the, the bills looking at their schedule can win out. Nick, how do you feel like the chiefs are going to finish up in the last five games of the regular season?
3: I feel confident uh, having Seattle at home is huge because that is a miserable place to play in December. It's cold. It's wet. The, the, so loud. It's so loud. It is just deafening loud. I was in the, I was in NFC west for for five years out of my six years and played there every year and every year I was like this place is so loud how is that possible how is that possible um but yeah I think Houston might give them trouble you know there might be one of those ones where you might might you might overlook it might be a noon game and you just overlook them right because you're just like okay it's whatever and you know they might not be battling for much and so you're like eh, you overlook them Uh, But yeah, but I think it's going to come down to like where you're going to have to beat beat in Las Vegas last game of the year, clinching home field that last game. So I don't think they're going to get any regular season games off, which is I'm I'm glad I'm I'm really glad.
4: Looking at this schedule, three noon games in a row, Uh, Hmm. the Texans, Seahawks, Broncos, uh, that middle stretch right there. Uh, The Raiders game still to be determined. Obviously, this game this week is at 305. It was flexed out. Of uh, the Sunday night football slot uh, because the NFL said we don't want to see Russell Wilson. Uh, we That's don't amazing. If, if what that an amazing um, No, it's it's wild. But I do think they win all five of them. Um, they shouldn't be favored by less than seven points in any in any of these games. Too looking at these, I think they'll be favored by more than uh, on the road at, at Oakland. Oops, Las Vegas uh, could be tough uh, to be favored by more than a touchdown. But I do think against the Broncos, um, the line right now, I don't have it up, but they certainly should be favored by more than two touchdowns against uh, more than a touchdown against the Texans, uh, Seahawks, too, and especially at home against the Broncos. Um, So I think that they should be able to win all five, and they they will win all five.
2: They're favored by nine and a half this Sunday against the Broncos, over under 43 and a half.
4: They playing? I, I. Go ahead. Where are they playing? Oh, Denver. So that's amazing. so that's, that's what I'm saying is that like on January 1st when the Broncos come to Arrowhead, that line's probably going to be 12 and a half, um, if not closer to 14. Um, so it could be interesting.
2: What are, are the scores?
3: For, what are the scores for Denver? Because this is a really good defense. Like, don't sleep on his defense at oh. home with crowd noise. You know, it's like nine is pretty. <laughs> They're a pretty hefty.
2: Okay. I've got a good one. I'm going to have to do this on the fly because we. I brought this up a few weeks ago because we always figure out different ways to dunk on the Broncos because it's fun. Um, somebody had tweeted out what their Broncos record would be if they had like averaged 18 points oh, um, gosh. a game. They have now, played the last two weeks, three weeks, they would have won. They would still have lost a couple of games. But they've traded Bradley. This is like a Bradley Chubb type stat and just yeah. – how bad their offense? Because the defense had been has been good. That's one thing Chiefs fans to know. The Broncos are not good. We talk about Russell Wilson. Their defense has been pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, if they would have scored eighteen points, they would have started one, two, three and zero, and then three and one. That's amazing. Four and one. Four and two. Five and two. Six and two. Seven and two. Three four. They'd be 8 and 5 right now if they would have scored if they would have scored at least 18 nine. points in every Eighteen. game. Even exactly 18 points, they'd be 8 and 5.
3: That is amazing. And what's the record now? What is their actual record?
2: 3 and 9. Oh. That math doesn't add up. So, something like I that mean, people. Uh
4: they just lost 10 to 9 to the Ravens was- and Lamar yeah. Jackson left that game. That was uh, So, they hate
3: – listen, listen, there's – when you when you suck and you're sucked that bad, there is miserableness. There are two camps right now, and it's like offense on one side, defense on one side, and guess what? Defense hates the offense right now. Like absolutely is pissed. You lose 10 to 9 on the road too, right? They were in Baltimore. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
3: That's – even the old philosophy where you know defense has to hold and we we'll win this point, offense got to score more, right? Whether you win fifty-five to fifty or you lose fifty-five fifty-four, or you win two to nothing. That's that is difficult. There's they've
2: all they've only given up more than twenty points three times, and two of those were to the Raiders. So, <laughs> and That's then the, Panthers, the Raiders the, are the world beaters. The Panthers were the other one, like the Panthers. A Christian McCaffrey list panthers team that is
4: pretty sure pj walker started that game an xfl quarterback um wow by the way he did all so, right He did all right. no i think he's good he's probably the best quarterback that the xfl will put out um xfl's gonna start up again in in the fall but uh the spring i mean but yeah i mean this team's not good um, if you're if you're a denver fan what's this year like for you what is this year like for you just The highest of highs and the lowest of lows, like that. um, I I saw it. I saw this on TikTok of some guy talking about like when he found out like Russell Wilson was being traded. I think it was like March eighth of this year, and like being super excited to like now. It's just like the exact opposite. It's like polar opposites. Are
3: are they like the Raiders? Like are they stuck? Like they can't afford to offload that contract? Like
2: (laughs) no, he's there. By the way, yeah, I don't.
3: This don't AFC me. West is such a dumpster fire this year. <laughs> it's, so I, it's so
4: wild.
2: It, I don't even know. Like, we'd have to bring on like a cap expert, like bring yeah. on like Joel Corey or somebody knows to be like, can he extend and like change the money around? Cause even he has to acknowledge, like, you are so bad. <laughs> like, you this is to. killing us. I, uh, you have to. I don't like, know. Man. But some of it it's so early in a huge contract that you're still gonna be really pigeonholed in what you can do uh right. with the money with just from a high level like there's only so many different things that you can do but i don't do you bring in another veteran quarterback and pay him a little bit and at least have some competition <laughs> i mean like a baker mayfield like it's something like that where it's like he's not going to get a lot of money you can pay him as some sort of backup and then at least right. you're more competitive because you can't make him the starter even though you're giving him all that money you can't run him out there without losing the rest of the locker room if nobody believes in him and he's not making plays yeah you could give him all the money and be like you know what we're just going to bite the bullet and pay you but we're going to put somebody else out there maybe if there's like a backup quarterback somewhere in you know seattle <laughs> that they could get back
3: Matt Flynn should they get Matt Flynn to come in and get, save the day like right. a drew lock
2: like a like a drew lock you know a young player Independence.
4: um some some fun stats that Jordan uh, foot just dropped in our chat here uh <laughs> the Broncos have scored 10 16 10 and 9 in their last four games there's no out on the rust deal until the next World Cup with uh, oh, 31 good. million dollars no. in dead cap. Um,
2: they can extend. They can extend dummy years, and they can do some. There's some stuff they could do to try to offset. But with the guarantees, like there's no way that it's still not gonna catastrophically be a problem for them. At least they have draft pit. No, they don't have those either.
3: Here's my (laughs) hey. Listen, here's my conspiracy theory. Basically, did they sell the Bowling family? Sell the Broncos Mm -hmm. yet? Did they already sell the Walmart family? The
2: Waltons. Yeah, they got all the cash they need. So, well, buddy. well,
3: here's the thing. I think when Russell Wilson was sitting next to Goodell at like the Super Bowl or, or certain events, I think that should put him on snitch alert, right? As far as like, you know, you're, you're like, mm, okay, buddy, what are you doing? But then was he sent in to destroy the Broncos, right? Was it like uh, NFL saying, you know, listen, we don't need you. Job. We need you to inside job, right? Just whatever. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, it's just, but it's. It's mind-blowing to me how, how bad it like – I'm truly like mind-blowing about how bad they are this year.
2: I, I see the comment from General51 saying the Raiders are the toughest matchup basically that the Chiefs have going forward, and that if Patrick Mahomes beats Seattle, he'll beat every team. Uh, he hadn't beat the, the Vikings or the other one. So Seattle – there were two teams left after the Rams, and it was the Vikings and the Seahawks. So, yeah, I'm sure that'll mean – a little bit of something is just kind of like a fun box to check for a 27-year-old quarterback that will have beaten 30 of the other 31 teams in the NFL, but uh, guys, I think the Russell Wilson trade as it stands now uh, is – I don't even know if it's in the conversation. It's near the top of the conversation for worst trades in NFL history for how it's gone down. And that's not even being hyperbolic at this point. Like They gave up picks, players, and the, like, the result has been –
3: if if he wasn't on big contract, would he get would he get benched? Yes. Yeah.
4: Should he get benched?
2: They I don't, don't think his teammates like him. I, I, I like at that. least the chunk of them don't.
4: Who's it's not? Who's their backup right now? Like it's not Trevor Simeon because Trevor Simeon's at the Bears. Um, I don't That's even up. know who their backup. Is. He missed a game earlier this season. I can't remember who it was. Rippen.
2: Have- it's Brett Rippen
4: even better um so like they don't have a choice nick like they have to play him um unless you served i guess um and then i think they activated kendall hinton hit Hinton, um mm-hmm. as like the backup emergency quarterback when that happened but like hey. yeah it's uh it's tough out there
3: shout out to dalton reisner the the left guard there. He's doing a tremendous yeah. job walter payton man of the year nominee they're in denver love you k-stater he's he was
2: doing—he was doing a lot of that stuff when he was at K State. Oh, like, that is not surprising. It was cool. I watched that whole video uh, of him getting announced, and you tell how authentic it was because they surprised him. He thought he was doing a community event, and then they surprised him with it. It's it a really cool, cool deal. is a
4: rookie. Um, I—I uh, was just looking at the football database here to figure out next year the Chiefs will play the Vikings. It's—they'll uh, have the NFC North, is what it looks like. So uh, next year, Patrick Mahomes could beat all teams in the NFL, barring if he beats the Seahawks uh, in a couple of weeks. But could
2: um, f- face the Vikings in the Super Bowl.
4: That is true. He could do that. But um, somehow
2: they get past the Cowboys and the Eagles. That
4: means they'd have to win in the playoffs, and the Vikings don't like to do that. <laughs> hey,
3: talk about opposite. Talk about opposite Broncos is Minnesota 10 and two.
4: Yeah. What? <laughs>
3: Yeah. Who who had that on? Who had on their bingo board? Right? Who had that I on was their? Most when you play line? like
4: a fourth place schedule. That's, That's not,
3: true too. But, but, but still, they're doing it. You know, they're they're, they're what Denver could have been. Solid. Reminds me of earth, the Chiefs that. in twenty
2: thirteen when Pete Prisco, I'll never forget Pete Prisco calling Chiefs the worst nine and O team in NFL history. Are the Vikings the worst ten and two team in NFL history? One
3: hundred percent. One hundred percent.
2: Nobody believes No,
3: nobody gives them credit. So they, yeah. these next five-game roadshets, we'll see if they're contenders or pretenders. But, but they, they have talent. They Darius
2: do. Smith has been killing it this year. So is one of the, the targets in free agency. If the Chiefs are going to go get it, spend money on a big-name free agent, like he was the edge rusher that I like. <sighs> and then Justin Jefferson is up there with Jamar Chase. as just like a problem, and they fucking play together.
3: Yeah, when, Z- hey, when Zendarius lines up inside, it's damn like third and long. He's getting there. Like he's getting pressure, like they're running so many games, it's unreal. Did
2: you see this comment uh,
4: from uh
3: Christian he, here? Yeah,
2: like w- is he running stats and like notes for us if he wants to be like an like a well, he did send me a show, he,
4: he actually sent me a DM uh before we started the show and was like, Hey, if you need a blind nil, here's an idea. Uh, which I really appreciated. I, I already had the blind nil sorted out obviously because I had to make the link, but. Uh, that was a part of it. It was uh, one-score games. There's a lot of conversations. Like, if, if the results of one-score games were different, I think the Chiefs would be down one spot, but, like, yeah. that would be the only change for the Chiefs. But it's they very interesting th- when you yeah. across the league.
2: They have three losses by a total of nine points. They've lost every game by only three points. And it goes back to those stats of Patrick Mahomes only, like, maybe twice now in his career. Has he lost by more than one possession? Like, yeah. there was a stat there for a while where it was never, and then they went to the Super Bowl and got blown out. Um, but... Yeah. There's only been a few that I can't think of off the top of my head, but I know the Super Bowl obviously was one. Yeah. But it they've always been close. He's always been right there. But uh, yeah, shout out Christian Gumminger. A little side note: we'll have some more information in and announcement later today about the uh, end of the soul of Casey. Uh, toy drive and holiday raffle that we have to benefit operation breakthroughs Christmas story. We've got some really great news about that. So I know Christian is loving that he heads up our community outreach, uh, with the different things that we do. And so, uh, shout out to Christian for our, all his help there and, uh, helping bring this one home. Cause it was a very successful group and we'll be out shopping, uh, on Friday to buy all the presents for operation breakthrough. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So I think that's all we've got. For this episode, we appreciate everybody for hanging out with us on this episode of Outside the Trenches. Again, uh, we'll have plenty more content getting you ready for Chiefs and Broncos this Sunday for Nick Lecky, Tucker Franklin, and BJ Kissel, and for Jordan Foote producing this thing. We appreciate you all for hanging out. Watch on YouTube. YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button if you're listening on podcasts. We appreciate if you want to give us a review. And, uh, follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure to check out all of our college content as well. We've got a lot of stuff. So, uh, anyway, I hope you all have a great rest of your week and, uh, yeah, we'll see you later.
1: Thanks for listening to KC sports network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review. If you like what you heard and think others would as well, you can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou, by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?